0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not as uh, simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names
0: together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: Shame on us. Shame, shame, shame for taking Kansas City with the points last night.
0: Oh, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Travis. That was before we knew Travis Kelsey was going to be out. Because That changed for me. That 100% Same on changed for me.
1: Us. Oh, How no. dare we doubt Dan Campbell and the never give up the Detroit Lions? Look Lions.
0: Good, man. The Lions what look a good.
1: fun season opener! Good afternoon, everybody. A good Friday afternoon. This is the South Side Beat episode number nine on Friday, September 8th, 2023, of Football Friday, the first Football Friday of the regular season. Oh, yeah. My name is Corey Christen. Joining me as always is chris halleck i am back inside of the well-lit well sound qualityed, air-conditioned studio environment consistent today. internet
0: consistent internet
1: <laughs> decent enough internet connection close enough to the router um we're there we're here it is time for football season yeah i know swan my yellow background is missed it's not the padding <laughs> from inside of the of the complex it is my beautiful canvas painting of my blue jays you know you can i name heard, them
0: if you want you, you can know, name I, them if you want i actually heard that you can get that yellow padding installed in your apartment you know it's probably a <laughs> you're probably paid for a, it. I, i'm definitely not i got my own stuff to pay for in my own house <laughs> you're paid for it chris you're paid
1: for it um a football friday chris steelers niners coming up on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern from Ackershire Stadium, the season yeah. opener that we have all been longing for and preparing for and just waiting for. It's finally here. Today's mm-hmm. show is all about the game. Oh, yeah. What do the Steelers have to do to beat the 49ers? Yeah. What happens on Sunday? Nick is back in action. The 49ers have a lot on offense. Chris, let's go general statements to start today. And, of course, we'll take the feedback. Uh, from the uh, crowd as well, from the nation yeah, that is course. chiming in on YouTube. But what's your general thought going into this game from a Steelers perspective against the
0: 49ers? Uh, the 49ers aren't as banged up as we initially thought they might be going into this game. Um, Trevarius Ward didn't practice yesterday, and so that all of a sudden makes it look like the 49ers might be a little weak on the secondary if he doesn't play. <clears throat> Obviously, you know, George Kittle's groin injury has been lingering. So you're kind of wondering, does he even play? And if he does play, is he going to be limited? Is he going to be less than one hundred percent? Is he going to be like George Kittle, like, holy crap, this is the best tight end in football when Travis Kelsey's not playing, or is he going to be kind of a shade of himself? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you know, with Ward, even with not playing yesterday, from from looking into what the you know local reporters in San Francisco are saying, it looks like Ward probably still will play. Uh, George Kittle being a limited participant in, on Wednesday and Thursday. Obviously, we need to see what happens today. But if he's a limited participant all week, that would probably put him in the questionable st- uh, state. And then, like, maybe he plays. And so it just it doesn't look – and plus, obviously, the, the really big one, even though it wasn't an injury, Nick Bosa, signs his contract. He's going to be there. He's going to play regardless of – it, whether he plays 50% of the snaps, 70% of the snaps, even if he plays one snap he could change the game. So it just doesn't look like that this team like the Steelers might kind of get away with facing like a possibly a weakened 49ers roster. You no, know, it looks like they're going to be playing them at near full strength. Maybe not quite 100%, but near full strength and it's just going to make make the game that much more difficult.
1: Having Nick Bosa obviously changes everything. It's a huge thing, yeah. I don't think there was a doubt that Nick Bosa wasn't going to play. Although, and TJ Watt talked a little bit about this yeah. um, after today's practice, it's that, yeah, Nick Bosa hasn't been practicing. He yeah. hasn't been with the team at training camp. And while a player of that caliber can get over that, so to speak, mm-hmm. and it's not really going to affect his performance on Sunday, the real question for Nick Bosa is going forward through the season, these soft tissue yeah. injuries that tend to happen. Yeah. How much of how much of in shape is he really? Yeah. So I'm not too concerned about a lower level, so to speak, Nick Bosa coming out. In fact, I expect a fully 100% Nick Bosa on the field. The question for me lies on the Steelers defense, which we have talked about at various points throughout this week Yeah, of going against that multi-dimensional multi-layered 49ers offense, really good offense
0: really good f- offense
1: a- as mike tomlin said tuesday and i went back to this quote again mm-hmm. the, the 49ers can throw it short and run it long yeah which means yards after the catch which means their running backs are able to get downfield which means their wide receivers are really solid at working underneath as well yeah. and this is a team that doesn't have a star quarterback per se when it comes to brock purdy he's good He's just not in your up. He's not a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. Yeah. So the th- rest of this roster has to make plays for him is what I'm
0: saying. Right. And so I think like, I really, I don't know if we like want to do like keys to the game or anything like that. You know, we, we don't have like a segment like that planned or anything, but I think one really big thing for the Steelers, uh, somebody uh, brought it up here in the comments that, you know, that they needed to take the ball away uh, maybe a couple times mm-hmm. uh, in, in order to do this. Honestly, I think more than like, obviously, yes. Like, If you're, if you have, if you're a plus in in the turnover department, then or yeah, yeah, like that's always going to help you win. But I think the really big thing in terms of the entire course of the game, sixty minutes, is keep everything in front of you. Like the the Steelers played that way, uh, doing a throwback all the way to Super Bowl forty. But the Steelers did that when they played a high powered Seahawks offense. They just kept everything in front of them and you then limit the ability for the 49ers to do number one run after the catch and you do a better job of limiting the big plays. It sounds like a conservative approach and the, obviously nobody likes to hear the sound of that. But if you can hold the 49ers to field goals all day, mm-hmm. you know, and keep them you know away from your red zone, then. I mean, do that. I definitely keep them out of your end zone. I think if Mm -hmm. the Steelers defense can go the entire game with keeping the 49ers out of the end zone, they can kick six field goals. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Keep them out of the end zone. Then you give your offense a really, really good chance against a really, really good defense. And So I think that's going to be a really key thing there because it will help with the like keep like limiting that yak from the 49ers because they're so good at it. And so Mm -hmm. they might have to play a style of defense that they might not necessarily want to play all season long in order to win this game. They might have to do something that's a little bit more kind of out there Mm -hmm. from a Steelers standpoint. Now, yeah, Kenny Pickett had
1: a really rock solid preseason, about as good as you can get from a preseason standpoint. But Matt Canada said it on Thursday. What happened to the preseason doesn't matter anymore. Yep, The Steelers had 16 days in between that final preseason game at Atlanta mm-hmm. and this first regular season game against the 49ers to keep that level of consistency going. Yep. And now Najee Harris doesn't have that training camp and preseason mileage on him like he's had in the past. That was by design. That was by plan. Najee Harris was never going to take a significant workload in the preseason, yeah. and he's fully 100% ready to go. Mm-hmm. From an offensive standpoint, the 49ers, yes, you have to contend Nick Bosa, but there's also really good linebackers on that 49ers defense with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. And then you look at that secondary, should Traverius Ward play, mm-hmm. there's some really decent pieces on that defense. And really what I think the big matchup for the Steelers is going to be on the offensive side of the ball is how they utilize Pat Fryermuth. That's the one offensive player I'm keying on because yeah. – Friermuth and his ability to receive and run routes from the slot last year was excellent. And that goes with Pickett, obviously, learning the offense and learning how to run run a pro style, you know, on that level. And then learning how to do checks towards the end of the season. This was a gradual process for Kenny Pickett. But even then, Pat Pat Friermuth was still one of the best tight ends in the NFL Mm -hmm. out of the slot. What do the Steelers do in the in the offseason? They draft some kid named Darnell Washington who's gonna take a lot of inline snaps and is by the way going to be a big helper when it comes to defending a guy like Nick Bosa, when yeah. it comes to preventing a Nick Bosa from getting to a Kenny Pickett. That's gonna be a big chip when it comes to double teaming people, and that's gonna allow Pat Fryermuth. And for me, this has a nice like six catch, 80 yard, one touchdown day written all over it for Pat Fryermuth and his ability to get up the seam, to help separate from those linebackers, to help back those linebackers off, so to speak, and give Najee Harris and Jalen Warren some running room. I think he's going to be a big factor offensively for the Steelers in this football game. And what do the Steelers do offensively? Kyle asks, will the Steelers score 30 plus offensively or will defensive scores contribute to our points like several games last year? And that's a very key question because there is that synergy between the offense and the defense that the Steelers love to thrive on. When the defense creates turnovers, the offense is able to get back to work, good field position. They don't need to win the time of possession battle, although it would help, but they don't need to win the time of possession battle to necessarily correlate to a
0: win every week. Yeah. Uh, scoring 30 plus, if that's for the entire season, that would be, I think that would be the number one offense in the league. (laughs) But even if they went, if they scored 30 plus in this game, regardless of whether that's the defense like helping with that, but if they scored 30 plus in this game, that should be a win. Like Mm -hmm. the the, the 49ers defense is good enough with or without Bosa to not give up 30 points. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. (laughs) Hold on a second. I got to bring this up. I think Washington can block Bosa by himself. Listen, I'm not denying Darnell Washington's ability as a blocker. The dudes have already accomplished in that area. Bosa makes tackles like legitimate left tackles in this league. Look silly. Mm -hmm. Um, I there was a play that Matt Williamson highlighted in his war room. I think it was against Washington. I can't remember for sure. But he just flat out like bulldozed the left tackle. Didn't try like anything special. Didn't like try to do this, stride and move inside. Literally just bull rushed him and pushed him back into the quarterback and got a sack. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be that's that's a challenge. (laughs) I'll just put it that way. That's a challenge.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Um, and a good point for Mark, he cliche turnover battle. Special teams will be the ultimate decider. Yeah, field that's going to be, a a, good one, that's going to be a big part of it, but here's the key for me. And Michael yeah. words it perfectly. Tackle, keys tackle. to the game for yeah. me. Tackle, tackle, tackle. Yeah. That's been stressed all week by yeah. everybody that has spoken on the South side this week. If it sounds like we're talking a lot about the 49ers offense, it's because we are. It's because yeah. Christian McCaffrey is as dangerous as it gets in the NFL with the ball. It's because Debo Samuel can hurt any defense on any level, whether it's short, intermediate, or long. It's yep. because George Kittle is as good as it gets at tight end and has yep. been that way for a while. It's because they have probably the best left tackle in football. Yeah. So with that said, Mike Tomlin saying they love to throw it short and run long, that comes to yards after catch. That comes to getting to the football, 11 hats on the football. Cam Hayward say it said it, it's going to be an 11 man effort yeah. to really take this 49 er offense and try to neutralize it as much as possible, which is why I wrote about the other day about the inside linebackers and how yeah. important that room is They'll going be to be in this be one for sure within this game. So that to me is the biggest key of the game as well is if you can limit the 49ers to those yards after the catch, and you can keep them limited on third down, always third down. But if you can keep them limited in their chances on third down, then I think there's unlimited potential for what this defense could do this weekend.
0: Yeah, and listen, like Joseph points out, hey, we got one, two, and T.J. Watt. Like we didn't really yeah. see T.J. Watt be himself almost at all last year. Obviously, game one he was healthy until he, you know, got got injured in the, in the you know, right near the end of the game, <clears throat> and then maybe the last two games of the season last year. In the baltimore and cleveland game we kind of saw like okay that's that's tj watt and every other game he played in it was you know it was kind of a shade of himself a little bit he wasn't well conditioned he was obviously coming back from from two uh from two injuries mm-hmm. um you know not physically 100 there it takes a while to build that back up now we we have tj he's completely healthy and joseph's right like tj could just like you know we've been talking about nick bosa possibly being a game changer a game wrecker tj could do go out there do the same exact thing you mm-hmm. know and that was going to be another thing that i pointed out earlier this week but i really want to stress it tj is going up against an unproven right tackle and colton mckivitz not saying mm-hmm. that he's not up to the challenge for it but like tj watt has made, just like Bosa can make a lot of tackles look yep. silly, TJ Watt can do the same thing, and he can do it a number of ways. He can do it with a spin move. He can do it with a stunt inside. He can do it with a bull rush. He can do it with, obviously, that that quick bend around the edge. He can do it a number of different ways, mm-hmm. and he can even do it, and I think this is one thing that really separates TJ from everybody else, is that he can also do it by batting passes down or even catching passes at the line of scrimmage, like he did a Joe Burrow twice last year. It's just... That could be a really, really big part of this game, too, is mm-hmm. how does TJ take advantage of that, I would say, favorable matchup, and how does that impact what the 49ers do on offense? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we obviously know that they're going sh- to throw it short. They're going to get the ball out quick. Try to l- limit TJ's ability to get to Purdy. But w- if, for whatever reason, they can't get the ball out as quick, how does TJ wreck this game? Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be about the depth too, you know. It's gonna yes, be about no. Alex
1: Highsmith as well. Yeah. And we're still waiting on Larry Oganjobi's status, yeah, for this weekend, which is a point I wanted to bring up. Yeah. You know, Larry O'Gunjobi, you know, we approached him in the locker room after practice and did not want to talk about his status for this weekend. Yeah.
0: So that's not surprising. So honestly.
1: we can we can infer that because he has been limited all week. Um, at at least until Friday. We have not seen the practice report yet that there is a chance he'll be able to play on Sunday, but his status is up in the air as of right now. And that's just from reading the tea leaves of a Wednesday and a Thursday practice report, injury report, what have you. So Larry Ogunjobi, whether he's in or not, you have to look at DeMarvin Leal. You have to look at Isaiah Loudermilk. You have to look at that depth along the defensive line, even a Keanu Benton and who's going to play and who's going to take some of those snaps. Even if Larry O is quote unquote limited in the game, there's still going to be a lot of pressure that has to be, you know, taken off of TJ and Alex because Mm -hmm. of how strong that interior rush needs to be able to get into and kind of force Trent Williams away from, you know, so to speak away from Alex Highsmith. So, you know, cam uh, is cam and William brings it up. Cam is cam. Good luck to the guard. Like, having Cam Hayward still is no easy task for anybody. And then you bring a TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, and by the way, Nick Herbig, like the, yeah. MV, the defensive MVP of the preseason, who we really haven't talked about much this, you know, last couple of weeks leading up to week one, like Nick Herbig for as strong of a preseason as he had, he's still there. He's still going to be able to get some snaps and take some of that weight off of TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. So yep. there's going to be a lot of different angles and a point from Michael here. That's why having depth is huge. The Steelers yeah. have it
0: huge and it's going to be a thing
1: yeah. that the 49ers have to contend with.
0: Okay. I'm I'm going to uh, kind of fast forward ahead a little bit because lifted ones did this for me to mm-hmm. Monday show. If we lose this game, how long until Steelers fans <laughs> start to panic and scream fire Tomlin? Um, I, the- I I will say this though. If, if the Steelers, if the Steelers lose this game, like, first off it does depend on how they look if they play a really good game and they just come out Mm -hmm. you know they just come out on the on the losing side of it whether it's a one-point loss a six point loss whatever it is if they played a really good football game they just got beat by a better team Mm -hmm. hang your i mean that's that's nothing to be ashamed of like absolutely like okay yeah yeah we wanted to get the win no no you know no big deal but if there's going to be any game, it's not like they're opening up playing Houston. It's not like they're opening up playing the Raiders. You know, they're playing one of the, you know, the Rams, one of the really crappy teams that are on the schedule for them. You know, they're playing a Super Bowl contender in week mm-hmm. one. I don't care if it's at home or on the road. I, you know, that's not an easy win whatsoever. doesn't matter if it's week one or week 18. And so if they lose, like, yes, there's probably going to be some fans that are like, Oh my God, I can't believe that, you know, they had such a great preseason. And then they lay an egg. Well, you know, again, it really does depend on how they play. If they go out there and they just look awful, they score three points all game, they get blown out thirty-eight to three, something like that. Then, yeah, that's going to really, you know, that's going to take all the air, all the air out of that excitement from the preseason. But mm-hmm. I don't think this is something that, like, no, yeah, if they lose, it's not anything to to jump off a bridge for.
1: You overanalyzed it. You oh, overanalyzed man. it. I'm yeah. telling you, I, this first off any NFL fan, myself included, at points, they call it Overreaction Monday for a reason. Oh, yeah. Right? They call it Overreaction <laughs> Monday, and it doesn't start on Monday. It starts if the football game ends at 4.05 p.m. Eastern. Thanks, Press7625. Rea- Thank you. Yeah, Press, appreciate that. Uh, please like and subscribe. Please share. That goes a very long way. Uh, if a football game ends at 4.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Uh, The overreactions start at 4.06 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's everywhere. That's every win, every loss, every Mm -hmm. tie, every team, every fan base, every reporter, every every consumer, everybody does it. It is something that is completely unavoidable. So with that said, the uh, train will be rolling at one minute after the game final whistle comes across. But to your point. This is no easy game to win. And it's not like, you know, anybody's ever going to project a blowout. That's never yeah. in the cards. Yeah. This is very believable as a winnable game for the Steelers, as one that they can minimally be competitive in. And one game that, honestly, win or loss for me is a really good barometer of where the Steelers exactly are at. Preseason's one thing. The expectations in Latrobe are one thing. Minicamp is one thing, but when you're on the field, when you're facing another team, and that team is the odds-on favorite to win the NFC, that's a really good test for Week One to see where everything is at, regardless of outcome.
0: Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of comments right now uh, about like people, like you know, some people not liking Mike Tomlin or complaining about Mike Tomlin. Listen, guys, I'm I, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to speak for Corey but I'm not going to get into it. Um, he's I'll not going it. anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's I'll just do it. he's not going anywhere. I no. I've I just I've I've talked about it at Ad nauseum last year. I mean, especially during that 2 and 6 start. Man, it was rough. Um he's not going anywhere, guys. He's just not. Um it's that's I'm not I've talked about this at length. Um he's just I hate to kind of be like that. Who else are you going to hire a guy and everything? But he does so many other things. And I'm telling you, until you watch him conduct a practice, you actually see the type, the real, the real Mike Tomlin, the type of football coach he is when he coaches his practice, coaches his players, how he has, like, how he always has the same message. I think the one thing about, about a coach, this is the one thing I'll say about it. I'll, I'll turn it to you. The one thing about coaches Especially when it comes to head coaches, and doesn't matter the sport, is that how does the room react to the message that the coach is sending? And it seems like Mike Tom Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's always sending the same message. We all hear the always hear the Tomlinisms. We always hear, just seems like the same thing over and over again. Yet the players are always buying into it. They're always buying into it. And usually, when a coach is in fear of losing a job, when a coach is about to lose a job or whatever, it it's not just about the results on the field or or, or on the playing surface. It's how are the players receiving the message? Mm -hmm. And when a coach begins to lose a room, that's the beginning of the end. And that's not happening there. So that portion of it is, that's one of the main reasons why Mike Tomlin's not going anywhere. If he begins to lose that room, it's a whole nother story. But everybody, all 53 plus the practice squad in that locker room is completely pro Mike Tomlin, loves him, loves playing for him. It's, it's It's not changing.
1: Mm-hmm. Real quick, press 7625 watching from Budapest, Hungary. That's amazing. That is truly amazing. That's that awesome, is the dude. worldwide connection awesome. that you can establish here at DK Pittsburgh Sports. We are global, amazing. we are worldwide. And the fact that the 40 of you or so who support the Steelers are able to do this, it's worldwide. The Steelers are probably, if not the Dallas Cowboys, the most recognizable NFL franchise in the world. That's yep. not hyperbole. It's yeah. felt here, it's felt there. And we appreciate you tuning in to us on a Friday, on a football Friday, before the season kicks off. Remember, yeah. DK, DK and Ramon coming up in about 35-ish minutes or so, 37 minutes here on DK Pittsburgh Sports for the Ramon Foster Show. Uh, that sure will be a good one with uh, their yeah. hype, you know, rolling into the uh, regular season kickoff. Uh, Chris, we have a few minutes left here on a Football Friday. Yeah, we're going to publish our season picks on dkpittsburghsports.com,
0: and they're coming so out later the, t- later today.
1: So, without later going too time. far into spoilers and whatnot, um, what is your overall, I guess, feel? Oh, by the way, Mike, my Mike Tomlin take in one sentence: He's a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> Moving to the next topic, um, <laughs> I just I I'm really curious to see not just the ebb and flow of this game on Sunday, Mm -hmm. because I think kind of to the tune of what we are talking about, this is a really good test for the Steelers to see if all of that preseason hype, all of that preseason building, so to speak, is going to come to fruition now, or if there is still more to be built upon. That's like my main theme for this, and having this as a test, for the Steelers in week one with the 49ers being the opener. And I think having it at home does stand to benefit as well. Oh yeah, for sure. I think we're going to feel some maybe closure. Is that the right word going into week two? We're going to feel validation going into week two. We're going to feel something about this Steeler team one way or another, whether Mm -hmm. those are validating feelings about this team or that is, feeling something a little bit different, but maybe having a little more closure on what that different thing is going into week two.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is uh, okay. Hold on a second. I got it. I got I got a shout out here. Peace and wealth seeker San Diego, uh, California here. And Yinzer are proud. Listen, uh, my wife was stationed in San Diego and I absolutely, absolutely love uh, both. Um, mm-hmm. oh, what's the name of the burger place? I cannot remember it now. Oh, Chris.
1: Oh Oh, man, it just completely
0: no, but tacos al gordo is like the the, they're the best tacos I've ever had in my life. And the burger place is Hodad's Hodad's Mm -hmm. is amazing. Love Hodad's love tacos al gordo. If you're ever in the San Diego area, please eat both. I hold yes, thank you, peace and mold seeker. Hodad's Hodad's is awesome. But tacos Al Gordo, best tacos I've ever had in my life. And yes, I live in Texas. I don't say that hyperbole or anything. Best tacos I've ever had.
1: Mm, There you go. That's a big win right there. Um Any final thoughts before we get out of here on a uh, football Friday? Somebody mentioned kicker versus kicker. Chris Boswell (laughs) could be the difference here. special teams are going to play a huge role in this game on Sunday. I I really
0: do. I really do. That's actually a really good thing because Chris Boswell obviously had a down year last year. You know, he had the groin thing, you, you know, and he had to kick through that and, you know, was on the, you know, the short term IR for a little, a little while, but, you know, still a down year still, you know, he was very open with me when he talked about it. He was like, this is obviously the results are not anything that I wanted, but, uh, J Dub appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank
1: you. J Dub for the $5. Um, Appreciate you hitting on so many points in the last cast before the game. Lots of good things to keep in mind. And we appreciate the donation. Thank you so much for that. Um, sorry to cut you off there. No,
0: you're good. You're good. No, that's awesome. Um, I'm just going to give my prediction, man. I, 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 people here, you know, tuning in, they want to hear it. I'm going to give it to them. I'm giving my prediction. I'm taking the Steelers in this one. I do think that this roster can compete with the 49ers. I do think home field advantage will help out. Um, I think the Steelers will have a bit of a difficult time, finding some consistency in the run game, but I believe that Kenny they'll they'll be able to get Kenny Pickett on the move enough where they'll be able to have enough plays to get downfield. I don't think this is going to be an offensive shootout. I don't think the Steelers are equipped to do that quite yet. They might Mm -hmm. need to kind of get into their offense a little bit before I could say, oh, yeah, the Steelers could get into a shootout with just about anybody. Not quite ready to say that yet. Mm -hmm. But I really do have a lot of faith in the Steelers' defense, especially in the defensive front, both in stopping the run and getting after the quarterback. Um, I really like what I'm seeing from the inside linebackers. Somebody brought it up earlier. Alandon Landon Roberts, um, can also help in a pass rush. He's, mm-hmm. he's just, he's a, he's a heat seeking missile back there. Um, mm-hmm. and I really like the secondary. Obviously I like the safeties more than the cornerbacks, but cornerback is, is, you know, a lot deeper than it was last year. And the safeties are obviously very, very good. They have the best one in the league back there. Minka. I think that this team can hang with them. And I think they'll get enough of the big plays. And I think TJ Watt, and honestly, when TJ Watt plays, the Steelers win. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say the Steelers are going to win this 23-20.
1: DeBond in the uh, YouTube feed says 35 and Steelers. Ah, He's going for the jugular on that. Drop your predictions uh, in the comments. We'll, we'll, We'll show them up on the screen here in the last couple of minutes. I am going to catch a lot of feelings on this one. I have the 49ers (laughs) winning 27-20, and here's why. Um, Number one, okay? I think that this will be a competitive football game. I think this will be a good way for the Steelers to show what they have done in the preseason. I think this is going to be... It's a a two-and-a-half-point game, by the way, as far as the line is concerned. Uh, San Francisco favored by two-and-a-half. So it's closer as far as the experts' opinions. It's, for my money, the second-best NFL game on the slate this weekend. I might put Dolphins Chargers ahead of it. But I think this is going to be a touchdown game one way or the other. Now, the reason why I would put the 49ers slightly ahead of the Steelers is because that middle linebacking room, for as athletic as it is and for as versatile and experienced as it is, I want. i I'm curious to see if there's any early game kinks that the 49ers offense takes advantage of. Mm-hmm. Like This feels like a game where the 49ers can get ahead early and the Steelers will have to play a little catch-up ball, and that would come with Kenny Pickett and showing that growth from the offense. But I think that there's just a little too much from the 49ers I think Christian McCaffrey gets his. I think Debo Samuel has a chance to get his. I think the Steelers will do a good job at limiting George Kittle.
0: No, Ray, I am you're not a ca- hater. You're catching feelings, man. <laughs> They're not
1: going to go 17-0. and 0. If they do, then color me wrong happily. I would love to be wrong on that.
0: Hey, somebody's going to have bragging rights on Monday. We'll put it that way. That's
1: somebody's fine gonna, with me. Somebody's That's have fine rights. with me. Yep. I think this will be a competitive, close football game. And right now oh, with the I Steelers, def- yeah. that's what I want to yeah. see. I'm not saying they're going to lose, you know, 42 to 7. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm saying it's going to be a close competitive football game. And at the end of the day, I think the 49ers just have a little bit
0: too much for them. Hey, the 49ers, have a, like I said, I, I've I've stressed it, you know, enough. Like the 49ers have a really good team. They're just, they're really, really good. Uh, it's a really, really good roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't see this as a blowout either way. I, I really no. don't. I, I think the Steelers are really well equipped to handle them. Um, they really, they do a really good job against quarterbacks that are not quite. Not the top guys. I'll probably, I'll put it that way. They, they do really well against those type of quarterbacks typically. And I just, as good as Brock Purdy looked last year and, you know, also probably year two growth from him. I just this mm-hmm. defense will cost some fits. They'll they'll probably take a ball away. Patrick Peterson already said on his own podcast that Brock Purdy like has some tells. He's already predicting he's gonna get a pick. I'm excited to see if that happens mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. But I just this is it's not gonna be a blowout. I, mm-hmm. I I'll be shocked if it is. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I really think you could go either side here and be like, okay, I could see a I could very well see a scenario where the 49ers win. I can very well see a scenario where the Steelers win. And being a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home is not that big of a deal, um, especially when you're talking about a team that's being picked by a lot of people to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So
1: We'll find out in about 48-and-a-half hours by the yep. time about 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday, on Sunday rather, kicks in. It's currently 3.30 p.m. Eastern on a Friday, which means we have to get out of here, which yep. means DK and Ramon are coming up in about 30 minutes or so here on DK Pittsburgh sports for the Ramon Foster show, Chris and I will be back on Monday to break down. Oh maybe yeah. A Steelers win. Maybe a Steelers <laughs> loss. We don't know. Regardless. We will be here. Yes. We will p. be Eastern, reacting
0: for sure. 3,
1: 3 PM Eastern on, on, Monday for the first overreaction Monday of the season. <laughs> but for now he's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Chris. this has been the South side beat peace.